is what you like. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Franchise Tag. I'm your host, Eric, and today I'm joined alongside Stephen Strom from TalkNorth.com over the phone today. Steve, how are we doing today? Everything's good, Eric. You know, um, we're getting into the meat and potatoes of football season. We've got about halfway of the year left where it gets interesting. I'm excited to get into uh, whatever we dive into today. Yeah, definitely excited to talk to you today, mostly about the NFC North and the Vikings. I know you got a lot of info on that and a lot of opinions as to what's going on this season. Again, we're halfway through the season, eight games in. Um, how are we feeling about this division? How are we feeling about the Vikings? What do you got? Yeah, so the division, I think, is arguably the best in football right now. Um, you know, obviously the Packers sit at the top right now. I think that's subject to change. But the thing with Green Bay is they've kind of got through their gauntlet of the schedule, and they've really weathered the storm. I mean, they have a big win against Detroit. They go into Kansas City, even though they didn't play Patrick Mahomes. They had a really big win in Kansas City. So right now I think you've got to say that Green Bay is the favorite to win right now. I know there's a whole half of a season left, but I would say they're the favorite right now to win. I think the Vikings are, I mean, if anything, they might be better than Green Bay. You look at the way they've played the last four games, they've completely re- I mean, uh, turned the script completely. After the first four games where they go 2-2, two and two, they lose to Chicago 16-6. Kirk Cousins is getting criticized. That team was calling them out. Spawn Diggs wants to trade. Four games later, Cousins is 11, in, 11 touchdowns to win interception, and the one interception was off Diggs' helmet, so you can't even really count that on his part. But right. it, it's been a complete flip of the switch the last four games for the Vikings and for Chicago, man, it just seems like uh, they're starting to get exposed as I thought they would. I I remember being on here earlier and I told you that the lions were a sleeper and the bears were going to definitely, they definitely overachieved last year. And I think you're seeing that Detroit had a chance to, they they could easily be right with the Vikings and the Packers at the top of the North. I mean, the ball, you know, bounce the right way for them in Green Bay. Also, they had such a horrible, horrible fourth quarter in Arizona. There's two, you know, win they look back on and kind of bang your head against the wall about. But um, I, I think that this is the best division in football. You can say the NFC West with San Fran, with the 49ers, and with the Rams. But I would, um, I would probably lean towards the North. But it's going to get very interesting. I don't think Detroit's out of it either, and I don't think Chicago is either. But um, I think it's clear the best two teams in that division, though, are the Packers and the Vikings. As of- so what do you think the Vikings have to do, per se, to get over the hump of trying to take over the number one spot in this division? Because, listen, the Packers are looking good. Matt LaFleur, they were criticizing him a little bit in the offseason just because he's you know out of, he has to work with Aaron Rodgers again from scratch, and, that, and Aaron Rodgers has been working with – uh, Mike McCarthy for almost his whole career, basically, and through the highs and the lows, he's always been with him, and now he's working with this new young guy. And you're you're right, they did flip the script. Uh, the Vikings, I definitely think they're doing really well right now. I think they have a really solid chance at taking first place. I said it from the beginning when you were on here as well. I have them as my um, winner of this division, and I still believe they can do that, um, especially after seeing Kirk Cousins on prime time actually coming out with a win, making his record what five and twelve now. I think I think is the uh, yeah, yeah. record. So that was definitely a good look for for him as well. I, he what's good about this Vikings team is that they're beating up on the bad teams, and that that's easy to it's easy to say for a good team like the Vikings to be doing that and other teams as well. But way, the way I look at it is, a lot of good teams can lose to the bad teams, and that will, that's what kind of makes the narrative of certain teams is that they can't beat up on the bad ones and the Vikings have been doing that thus far they're winning in division that's exactly what they need to do I think 
from what what's happening with their offense right now, you know, they're opening things up more in the passing game for Kirk Cousins. The running game is still there. I think they found that perfect balance. Do you think what, what does Kirk Cousins have to do, or what is the, what does the Vikings staff and head coach and Mike Zimmer and Stefanski need to do to help him out a little more in the passing game, so that if the running game isn't there, um, you don't want to, you know, sometimes when Kirk Cousins is in that position where the running game isn't there, sometimes he may fold. But listen, I like Kirk Cousins. What what can this staff do? to really help them out in the passing game if that running game isn't there. Well, well let me go back to what you were saying about sure. um, just being able to beat up on these bad teams. And, and and I think it's a good point. And I and I think that's what separates the great teams to the good teams, just in terms of you don't want your mindset changing, okay? So Thursday night was a lot more sloppy. I'm the first to admit that. The Vikings didn't look as sharp as they did. They kind of ran a vanilla offense. They were out with, you know, they were without Adam Thielen, but I thought the way that they kind of handled Washington, they didn't panic, and, and they could have because that first try, Stephon Diggs fumbles, you know, what do they say about bad teams? You want to bury them early. You don't want to give them any type of hope that they can play with you. Um, so I thought from that standpoint that that was a good job by them. Uh, but in terms of recurring I, mean, I think it's very simple, Eric. I, I think they need to continue to run the ball and that Kirk Cousins success dedicated off of Dalvin Cook, who leads the league in rushing attempts right now, rushing yards right now with like 800. And they also have a very, very good running back in Alexander Mattinson, a rookie out of Boise State, a third-round pick. Just think about it really quickly. Alexander Mattinson has over 300 rushing yards. That's more rushing yards than David Johnson and Joe Mason. He has had half the carries. So he has been unbelievable in that way. But I just think it really starts to front. I think his own blocking scheme that Gary Kubiak and Stefanski has created this season has been, I mean, it's gone, you know, miles of what we saw from Kirk Cousins last year in a spread offense. He's more comfortable. He's more, you know, the Vikings are utilizing the play action way more than they did last year. I think they're second and third in, in play action calling here. So they're doing what Kirk Cousins does best. And I think that's the biggest difference from last year to this year. But to, really kind of answer your question and how to how to be able to maintain the passing offense i i, I just think it starts with the run game i i think if you if you tell Kirk, you know go win us a game by yourself i just don't think that he's capable of doing that but i think if you can sprinkle in even dalvin cook running the ball and we saw there's areas where dalvin didn't have, he didn't have a great game against the giants but you know he did enough that was able to build off it and go play action. So the success for Kirk Cousins in the passing offense is all predicated on the offensive line, the way they rush the ball, which they've been able to do pretty damn well, running over 150 yards a game. Do you think ever since you know Adam Thielen and the other wide receivers, like, like Stephon Diggs, who ended up missing practice and got fined for it, was them coming out and calling out Kirk Cousins the best thing for them, or do you think later on in the like later on in the season they probably would have been able to implement the passing game? They just weren't really patient up to that point. But again, these guys are in camp; they're watching everything that's going on. They know how the offense is going to be run, and then maybe something happened in the beginning of the season where the running game was there, and they just wanted to stick to it. Do you think that's exactly the push the Vikings needed to get where they're at right now? Well, I actually have a couple of journalists out in Minnesota that I'm very close with, and they told me that the problem with Stephon Diggs was not with Kirk Cousins. It was more with the coaching staff and his targets and, you know, Stefanski and Kubiak's ability to get them the ball. So I think that's the first mis kind of understanding is that Stephon Diggs never really had an issue with, 
for Cousins per se. He had an issue with the coaching staff. And for Adam Thielen, yeah, you know, he had obviously he called out Cousins as much as he wanted to backtrack. That's what it came out as, and that's what it was. And I think it was a combination of things, Derek. I think that it was the sense of urgency that, hey, Kirk, you need to really get going here after that 16-6 to loss. But I also have to credit Zach Brown from Philadelphia, who sat there the week before their game and said he was the former Eagles linebacker, and he said the offense is really good, but the weak link is Kirk Cousins. And ever since he said that, Cousins has skyrocketed and hasn't looked back. So I, I think that there's certain things that go on in the locker room that can help a team and a player, and I also think there's certain things that can um, hurt and hinder a team or a player. It depends on, you know, the guy. And fortunately for Kirk Cousins, maybe this was a wake-up call for him. Uh, I know he's not going to ever stay if it would be. I think every press conference is the same with him. Don't try to change anything. He throws for 98 yards in week one or 350, which has been another week ago. It's the same answer and the same response. So um, to answer your question, I, I don't know if the outside maybe inspired him to play better football, but I, I just think his own sense of urgency and himself telling himself, I got to get going here, I think that was the main factor in his play. Gotcha. So a couple a couple more things for you, then I'll let you go. I honestly think, this isn't even a question for you, I honestly think for Kirk Cousins to get an extra push, and he's doing fine right now, if he sticks to what he's doing, they'll be okay, and that's perfectly fine. But Kirk Cousins, he's always under, under scrutiny for getting paid and not performing to the way he should be. But even before that, when he was on the Redskins, he was looking to get paid for, what, two, three years maybe after getting franchise tagged twice in a row? And people still loved him for the quarterback that he was, but the second he got his money, they started to really beat him down. I think what Kirk Cousins needs to do is come out and give us a you like that or some other phrase he has stored just to kind of give us that extra push. Like, listen, this is going to hype up that Vikings team, and I feel like that's going to push him even further. But I love Kirk Cousins. I don't know why, why he gets so much flack from all these analysts and just Vikings, either Vikings fans, or some Vikings fans at least, or just a casual NFL fan in general. What do you think about that? Well, I think that the phrase nice guys finish last is very accurate in sports. And Kirk Cousins is one of the nicest guys I've heard in the NFL. And I think that the attitude change we've seen the last four weeks, I think we see someone that has a different mentality and has almost like a killer instinct that Kobe instinct that everyone kind of looks for in an athlete. Um, you know, Cousins does get a lot of blame. I think that some of it, is necessary? No. That's why I think that some of it is true. I do. I think there's certain instances where Cousins seems to shrink in the biggest moments or put phenomenal stats, but the team loses. So I think that some of the criticism is fair. Some of it isn't. But the one thing I can't stand is some is you know labeling someone for their career, okay? Because that that is. A, a narrative that can always be seen. I don't like when someone says, oh, Kirk Cousins is a choker. Okay, the difference is you say Kirk Cousins, as of right now, hasn't performed well in great games. He's not labeled as a choker for the rest of his career if he gets the Vikings to the Super Bowl and he wins. I mean, that's the bottom line. So I, I don't like when people use that. But, um, you know, I, I do think it's a little ironic that, you know, the Redskins wanted to sign him, but I think the reason why he gets the backlash is because of how much money he got. And do I think he's overpaid? I do. I do think he's overpaid. 
But um, but I, I do think it's ironic that all of a sudden Washington, you know, kind of chirps at Cousins and everyone else when he gets paid. But it is what it is. He has his, he has a chance to rewrite the narrative, as we say, every single year. And so far, he's done that. But it is only October. That's not why he was paid. He was paid to win right. games in December. I also think they kind of left the door open with that with the three years. He did get paid a lot of money. It's all guaranteed. You know, kudos to his agent for getting that contract done because he did get more offers with more money, but he decided to go Minnesota. But here's the thing. How do you feel about this schedule moving forward? You know, it's a huge couple games here. I, I know they play the Chiefs on Sunday, which is going to be a difficult game, regardless if Mahomes or Moore plays. You know, the Chiefs have tremendous outside talent, and they're going to be, it's going to be a huge mismatch for the Minnesota Vikings secondary, which has gotten thinner and thinner with Xavier Rhodes, who's really struggling. Yeah. Trey Waynes has been the best cover man. I don't know how much that really says about anything. Mike Hughes was just in an incident with J. Ron Curse this weekend. I know they just got in trouble, so I don't know how Zimmer's going to handle him. Mackenzie Alexander getting better and face up against, you know, Tariq Hill, Sammy Watkins. McCole Hartman, and they've got a tremendous, you know, tight end in Travis Kelsey, who the Vikings really struggle against vertical tight ends. You saw it with Darren Waller in Oakland. You see it against Austin Hooper, against the Falcons. They put up pretty big numbers, so this is going to be a significant game. And then they play an NFC foe in, in Dallas, and then they go play, um, you know, the 49, uh, the, the Denver Broncos. And I think after that, they're at Seattle on Monday night. So the next four games are vital. I think if you're a Viking fan, you're hoping to split. Um, best case scenario, I think you go three and one. I think you know trying to go four and zero oh in really tough environments, including Arrowhead in Seattle, is a tall task. But um, I think if you're a Viking fan, you're looking for two and two right now, and I think that's definitely attainable. So, final things. Uh, the latest I've gotten on the Vikings today, at least, I'm not sure what else you've heard, but uh, Josh Dotson's back. He's practicing. How much of an impact will he have on yeah. this, you know, the passing game? Because I feel like last year when Audrick Robinson was there for what, like two, three games, maybe he had a couple touchdowns to his belt. Yeah. So I feel like Kirk Cousins really leans towards a new wide receiver and a new toy he can play with besides Thielen and Diggs because they're very not predictable, but teams are really prepared for those guys. And now you bring in Dotson, and he adds a different dynamic to it. What do you think of him coming back? how much of an impact he's really going to have because B.C. Johnson, the rookie from Colorado State, has been so efficient. I mean, he's right. been kind of taking, taking the reins of that third string, you know, wide receiver. I think it's a huge, huge position on this team, as you mentioned, Diggs and Thielen. I mean, that's who they're game planning for. They're not game planning for B.C. Johnson. So I think anyone that's able to come in and catch four or five balls and give others some space and some breathing room, I think it's huge. And I think Johnson has done just that. Um, so I don't know how much Josh Dawson is going to be able to impact the game. I don't know how much he's going to get in, especially because they re-signed Laquan Treadwell as well. So Treadwell has played in some um, blocking situations. You know that's his quote-unquote strength if he actually has one. But the um, basically the formation that the Vikings are going have been 12 personnel, meaning they're playing two tights. There's not a lot of you know, area for wide receivers to really check in because a lot of times the two wide receivers set with Diggs and Thielen. So I don't know how much impact Josh Dawson had, but I can tell you B.C. Johnson has done a really nice job filling in for Chad Beebe in that third string uh, wide receiver spot. Right. So I think that's all I have for you today. Any final thoughts on this NFC North division or the Vikings in general before we head out of here? No, I think it's uh, – 
everything that we kind of expected coming into this year. I think that this division is, like I said, the best in football. And, um, you know, I'm still going to continue to say it. I don't care what Kirk Cousins does in October and September. We know what Rodgers is going to put up number-wise and win-wise when it comes to November and December. What's going to be the narrative for Cousins and the Vikings this year? That's my biggest question. Great. Awesome. Uh, Steve, where can they find you if they want to find your content? Yeah, talknorth.com. We're on Apple. We're on um, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio. You can also follow me on Twitter at SSTROM32. Um, but, yeah, my podcast can be found at talknorth.com. Make sure to check that out. Again, thank you, man, for coming on. I appreciate it. This is your second time coming on, and honestly, it's a lot of fun talking to you about football. It's great. Hey, it's my pleasure, Eric. Keep up the good work, my man. Riding on a white bike, feeling like a sight bike, pressing on the gas, supernova 4.0.